What if I told you there's a way you could be a second shooter at a family session so you can see exactly how the photographer prepares, how they interact with their clients, what they say when they're posing, or when they choose to use fluid motion, what they do when kids might not cooperate or dad might not be in the session. What if I told you there's a way you can see what the gear is that they're using, where they're positioning themselves when they're shooting, what factors they're taking into consideration when they're shooting, what if I told you there was a way you could see what their straight out of camera images look like, and then you could see their editing process too, so you know exactly how they get those start to finish images and those polished ones you see in your Instagram feed. Now what if I told you you could be that second shooter without ever having to leave your house? What if I told you that not only do you get to watch it from home, but you didn't have to remember every single thing you were trying to learn the first time you watched it? What if you could watch and rewatch as much as you wanted? How would that improve your images, your posing, your confidence? Now, what if I told you there is a way you could be a second shooter, not only for one photographer, but 26. That's exactly what you'll experience inside the 2024 online family retreat. Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there. Just to get, you know, a little deeper, like this life is really too short. And I think we've all had or are going through experiences in our lives that we know, we know that we know that saying is true. And why do it, you know, with the boxing gloves out and trying to fight everything, you know, why not invite everybody together with open arms and everything like that. Now that's not to say we should be discern, you know, discerning and who we invite, right. Or like who we surround ourselves. That's not to say that, but I think it is better together and it, it does dismantle the loneliness that we have nowadays just in 2020 and 2019 going into 2020. You know, the, the community definitely does that. Like we've realized we cannot do it by ourselves anymore. And so like, it's time to jump on the bandwagon. Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJaso a mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur, and I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will give you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is a place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show. My guest today, Malia, started as an early childhood educator. She then found her passion for photography. She knew her passion had integrated into her life when she was teaching at school during the day, but dreaming about the photographs she wanted to capture, more so than the math she wanted to teach. She travels the globe now, giving workshops on newborn photography. She's a wife, mom of three pretty amazing kids, and addicted to anything sweet, and a lover of the small details in life that make a big impact. She's also the owner of The Collective Studio, a share space for photographers. Malia is a firm believer in the community over competition mindset and wholeheartedly embodies it. I love her views on this mindset because these are my values and beliefs too. We all can win. 
So I cannot wait to dive into this conversation with you. Let's hop in. I'm just so excited to dive into all this juicy conversation with her. Thank you so much for having me. I am so, I'm so, so excited to be here. Okay. So I want to dive in and I want to talk a little bit about a scarcity mindset because, you know, we hear about these things all the time, these concepts and stuff to you. What is a scarcity mindset? I think for me, it's pretty generic. It's honestly just like the lack of having enough of something, whatever that is. And I go a little bit deeper in saying a lot of times it is either internal or external or it's both. So like we have a lack of like confidence or we have a lack of like thinking we're good enough, especially as a creative person. And like externally, we have a lack of thinking like, oh, we don't have a space to work out of or we don't have enough clients or whatever it is. So I think the scarcity mindset is definitely like the lack of. And I like to think about it in two parts because we definitely need both of those parts. And sometimes when we feel one thing's off, um, you know, one thing, it has to be balanced. So absolutely. I know with, especially photographers, and I know like when, especially when you're getting started, there is that scarcity mindset that you don't trust yourself. You don't trust your abilities as a photographer. You don't trust that you create an amazing client experience. And it's so easy to look outside yourself. It's hard sometimes to take personal responsibility for when things are not going our way it's quite easy to point the finger and say, okay, well, I'm not getting clients because this person charges way less than me Mm. or, you know, all these, all these different reasons that we come up to not point the finger at Mm -hmm. ourselves. What advice would you give to someone who's maybe struggling that and they don't realize that they have the power inside them? Oh, in honesty, I think it's one of those things that it's easier said than done, right? When you're in it, like you can't really see the forest for the trees sometimes. Um, but just to kind of like meet yourself where you're at because you're on a journey and you're looking at somebody else's journey and you're on two different, you know, ball fields, right? And you're playing two different sets of games and rules and all of that. And so, you know, having that, that, that scarcity of you don't have what they have, you're comparing yourself to almost something that's just even irrelevant. So just to like acknowledge where you're at and where you're at in your journey and and how far you've come and where they're at is kind of like, oh, got it. Like, of course I wouldn't be, of course I wouldn't have all those clients or of course, like I wouldn't have it that way because I'm not there yet. And it just kind of like brings you back, you know, to like ground you to where you're at. I think that hindsight really is twenty twenty, mm-hmm. And we often forget to look at where we've gone or where mm-hmm. we've, we've come from and mm-hmm. like the progress that we have made. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to someone who is forgetting, is neglecting to realize how much they've really done and how, how successful they really are? What would you say to that? Um, you know what? I think as women, this is a hard thing for for us to do. Um, you know, we're so, we're so, so hard on ourselves with anything, but sometimes instead of looking at the bigger goals, maybe start off with smaller things like, you know, today, did you, you know, X, Y, Z, were you on social media? Just say what, I mean, that's one little small, small thing, but it's like, were you on social media? Were you present? Did you answer a client email back? You know, and I know those sound like silly things, but actually like 
those are big things when it comes to, you know, running a business and being personable and like showing who you are to clients. And so um, I think just starting with smaller things and really acknowledging and giving yourself a pat on the back and grace that you are doing the smaller things that lead up to the bigger things. So don't be that hard on yourself. Yeah. I totally agree. I don't know about you, but I started my photography business in 2010. Mm -hmm. I did too. It was was like the wild west Mm -hmm. of social media. Yes. And I don't know about you, but my Facebook page grew like exponentially very quickly. Mm -hmm. And you know, times have changed. Mm -hmm. Like it's been 10 years and the whole social media landscape has changed. And I think that we often forget like we've been re- like I remember there was a time I was so reliant on Facebook to yeah. bring in all like organic traffic just yes. bringing in all the clients. Mm-hmm. And so when new photographers are starting out now and they see these photographers that have been in business for 10 years and have these large followings because we built it in the wild west and then they're comparing their journey where they're struggling to get photo- getting clients on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's comparing apples and oranges. Right. Right? So What advice would you give to someone who is just starting out and they're struggling with getting those clients and struggling with that mindset of, wow, like this person built it, so it must be done. Like, I guess I can't build a business because that's gone. Right. Like, let's just give up that dream. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. Well, I think it's what you said. Like, it is apples and oranges and you can't compare apples and oranges. Like, they're both, you know, round, but really that's (laughs) their fruit. (laughs) That's it. So, like we're photographers. Yes. And we're creative. So boom. Okay. We're done with the comparison. We're both the same as that. But like, I think the best advice that I could give for somebody, um, with social media and stuff nowadays is that because it is so different, look outside your industry, do like going with what other photographers do and going with the person next door is not the best, um, best way really to do it at this point and look outside your industry for what other people are doing. Um, collaborate with other people. Um, it's not about just being behind the screen on social media. It really is forming those, you know, human, human interactions now. So like as much as you can collaborate, I'm such a huge collaborator. We can, um, it's that quote where you go, um, what is it? You can go fast if you're alone, but farther if you're together however that quote is. And that's really, really the truth. So yes, it's social media, but at the same time, it reaches such a wide gambit of people just to kind of narrow down to like your local community and who are they and how can you serve them? And just kind of almost even having that server mentality that like servant's heart really will, will help tons, 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 tons. I love it. I love that you dove into collaboration over competition because that's where I was wanting to take our conversation next. I know that this is huge to you and it is so important to me as well. What does collaboration over competition mean for you? Because I know that you really do embody it. Um, Yeah. So it's funny. I feel like whenever that question's asked, ask all the eyes in the room, roll back, right? It's like, (laughs) Yeah. 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 I've tried that. And like, that doesn't work because, oh, my idea is that we should hold community first and we should like give all our secrets away and give until we don't receive. And that's not like it at all because, you know, you can't grow that way. 
so to me, what, what it really is, it's just a shift in your mindset and meaning of like what you focus on. So instead of like thinking of the benefits to just go fast and hard by yourself, it's really like the benefits of the togetherness to go stronger and farther. So I know that's kind of generic, but really that's how I see it as far as like what community over competition or I don't like to really say community over collaboration because I love collaboration. So I'll say community yep. over competition. I love it. I think collaborating is incredible. I mean, that's the whole reason that the Milky Way retreats even came to existence mm-hmm. is I just really, you know, there's so many incredible artists and having us all come together to teach is just, it's, it's so special. It's so special to me. Um, when you guys are definitely, you guys definitely embody that. And I mean, just think if, you know, if, if just the two of you, you and Aaron went and taught all these classes, it definitely wouldn't make an impact. Like it is, it's reaching farther and wider with, with all the instructors. And then all of the community members are interacting with each other and forming relationships. And, and I mean, that really is like, a physical definition of like what community over competition is. So everyone coming together for the higher good and moving past the boundaries and the struggles and showing how relatable we are and all of that good stuff. Oh, I just, it lights me up. I, even our groups, like especially the Facebook groups, just watching our students just learn and love and share and grow with each other. Because I don't know about you. Do you remember like being on forums in oh my like, gosh, yes. oh gosh, like in the early days of the Wild West, I'm yes. learning photography and digital photography, especially online. Yes. There was like a few forums that I was on and people live for the drama and the popcorn. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember like, it was like a phrase, like grab your popcorn. There's mm-hmm. going to be a show, to, a show on Friday night. Yes. And I remember sitting in and watching it. Yes. And I mean, like, yes. yeah, it was entertaining, but we f- often forget, like there are people on the other end of that screen, yeah. some that have maybe mental health issues. Yeah. Um, and honestly, being a photographer and a creative is super duper lonely. Mm-hmm. And so when we're looking at it as like a boxing ring, instead of like, a tea party. Yeah. It's such a different mentality. And it's been our goal really to just create that tea party environment where you bring your dish and we all share and it feels good. And it's just, it's so much more fun. It really, it really, really is. And I mean, just to get, you know, a little deeper, like this life is really too short. And I think we've all had, or are going through experiences in our lives that we know, we know that we know that saying is true and why do it, you know, with the boxing gloves out and trying to fight everything, you know, why not invite everybody together with open arms and everything like that. Now that's not to say we should be discern, you know, discerning and who we invite, right. Or like who we surround ourselves. That's not to say that, but I think it is better together and it it does dismantle the loneliness that we that we have nowadays just in 2020 and 2019 going into 2020 you know the the community definitely does that like we've realized we cannot do it by ourselves anymore and so like it's time to jump on the bandwagon. Okay. So I would love to know what you feel the five benefits of having a collaboration over competition mindset is. Okay, you're <laughs> testing me now, Lisa. <laughs> so I probably all these obviously kind of coincide together, but I was thinking about this and um for one, obviously it squishes the loneliness, it squashes it. You're not gonna be by yourself. Um, you're going to collaborate with people, you're gonna be with others. 
And I just have to say a side note about collaboration. It doesn't always have to be with another human. Collaboration with me can be a can be a podcast. Collaboration from me can be, can I say collaboration? (laughs) Collaboration. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Leah. Um, It could be a book. It could be, you know, anything like that. And so I think when people like, oh, we got to collaborate with all these humans and we're like this very like internal wallflower, it kind of makes us nervous. So I just wanted to say that, that it doesn't always have to be like human to human face-to-face collaboration. So I was going to say squashes loneliness. It complements our strengths. And sometimes when we don't know our strengths, when we get in a group of people, we actually see what we can contribute, which clearly helps with confidence. It's easier. I mean, it just straight is like, Think, I mean, I'm a parent. I know you're a parent and I could definitely not parent by myself. And so having the collaboration with my husband and my family members, it helps me for sure be a mom and get through that and accountability. So I think that's really, really huge. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm like, you know, if I wanted to start eating clean or if I wanted to start exercising, it's like, I'm good for a week. And then that Monday comes and I'm like, well, if I just skip today, it's fine. Good answer. I love it. Um, recently, here's a little story for you. So recently I have decided I'm taking a little bit of step back from as many photographers as I I want to book this year. It's been like, I've got so much going on with Milky Way, starting the podcast, running the retreats, starting the new Art and Soul Academy. Yeah. There's so much going on. Got a lot. Uh, I got a lot. that, And I run a photography studio as well. So I was like, you know what, this year, you know what, what has to take a backseat is my photography. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to quit, but I'm not going to do as much as I've done like 20 clients, clients a month in the mm-hmm. past. So I reached out to six, seven, eight local photographers and said, Hey, this is what I got going on. And I would love to send my clients to you. Mm-hmm. And I wish that someone had said that to me oh in the beginning, yeah. right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. like just that small little, like, and I'm not like trying to toot my own horn, but nope. I'm tr- what I'm trying to say is that don't be scared of reaching out and working together because you don't know where these beautiful friendships mm-hmm. can blossom and grow from. I just had one of the girls, she's a boudoir photographer. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I need some new brand photos. I would love for you just to come and just photograph me in my studio while I'm working with a newborn. Like, I want to know what I look like while I'm working in a professional <laughs> way that I can Wait. use on social media. Yes. Um, would you come do this? And she's like, I have been dying to photograph you. So isn't like, like when you start leaning into that, and like, think about instead of like, this person's my competition, Mm -hmm. this person is just a friend I don't know well yet. Right. That's a really, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And also for those who just have that serving, giving heart, when you hold back and you don't, and say you didn't reach out, I mean, she was already wanting something that you had no idea. And it's kind of like you're stop, like you, if you held back, you're stopping that from helping her manifest that, you know? So for people who are just like lovers and they like just love and give, um, and they love to help people like grow and, and things like that. What a beautiful gift, like just a quick phone call or a reach out gives to somebody because you never know, like her, she wanted to always photograph you or somebody else, maybe they're in a bind financially and like, you know, that would help them have those referrals. So I think that's amazing. Totally. And nothing bad ever comes from being kind. Like if you see like a local, like like a local photographer who also does amazing work, Mm -hmm. um, 
shoot them a note. Yeah. Just like send them a note and say, hey, you know what? I loved that image that you did. Don't like, don't be afraid to post on their Instagram images that you like it. Like, why not? It's so funny you said that because again, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but it was one of those things where I had a client come in the other day and she's very good friends with another photographer. And my client obviously chose me instead of this other photographer, but she told me that this other photographer said, wow, I could definitely see why you chose Malia. Like she is great at her craft. She is just a, you know, a a beacon of community in, in the community. She really stands for that. And I think it's cool that you picked her. My, for one, my client didn't have to tell me that, but for two, this other photographer didn't have to say that. And so I decided, I go, you know what, with all of the drama that goes on that I see and all of sometimes the shadiness and sometimes the skeptics and all of those people, I'm like, I'm going to message her. And so I just messaged her on Instagram and it was just to thank her. And I just said, I know this sounds weird, but I just want to thank you for this and all the kind words you said. And, and you know what? And she messaged me back the next day and she said, wow, I was really having a hard day and this message couldn't have come at a better time. And it was like, like, it almost made me cry. Like she's like, and I, like, she almost got emotional and I'm like, wow, like, why don't I do that more? You know what I mean? And so, and I think we are, we're, we're afraid, we're probably afraid of rejection, right? Is like usually the first thing, but, um, but really, like you said, kindness, like you really can't go wrong when you reach out and do something like that. It's always going to be back. And I think we're already criticizing ourselves enough just to hear somebody just say something that compliments us or that's a positive is, is something we need as well. I love it. Love this conversation. <laughs> yes. It's my favorite thing to talk about for sure. (laughs) So do you perhaps have a story of someone, perhaps yourself maybe, who has undergone a transformation by changing mindset and how the competition is viewed? Absolutely. So it is about myself, but it's about others too that are involved. So a few years back, myself and my very good friend, actually, who lives in Arizona with me, Lizzie McMillan, um, some of you may know her. We started we started a shootout group when shootouts weren't popular. Now they're very popular, but it really wasn't because we're old fogies now. So we <laughs> did it. We kind of did it when it wasn't popular, and um, we really were doing it because we just like our creative brains were going crazy, and we just wanted to make these maternity shootouts and just invite the community and just like see what happens. Happens, really almost like a big brother social experiment yeah. almost so we're like this could go really bad or it could go really good and so we you know got all of our decks in a row and we were nervous of course because we didn't know for one what the community was going to say we were afraid of rejection for sure we were afraid people were going to kind of get competitive with the shootouts and what was funny is by the end of the day after our first one, and even after our second one, we had people coming up and thanking us that they haven't met any other photographers and they've been doing this for five years. They can't believe how nice everybody was. They also, they were shocked. And so were we, how we were all taking pictures of the same thing 
but looked completely different at the end of the day. So I think for me personally, I was like, wow, that just proves my point, how unique we all are and how we all have something to give. And then also when you really test people and you put them in a room together or a situation together or a shootout together, how they really can rise to the occasion if they want to, because they were willing um, they wanted to. Now, if they didn't come to the shootout, then they just weren't willing. And, you know, they weren't those people right then, right? And so that was a huge transformation for us. And what's funny is after those shootouts, we started seeing those who attended a couple of ours, they went out and they made their own and they started their own communities. And we could have been like, oh, they took our idea and they, you know, they stole our thunder. No, we reached out. We're like, we love what you're doing. That's awesome. You know, good for you. All that stuff. And they're like, wow. I think, you know, people are just surprised that people care, you know, and that we all just want to see everybody win and succeed at the end of the day. And so it really started our community here in Arizona and Phoenix. We've built something that wasn't here before. We, we have camaraderie here. There's little pockets of it. And it's really, really fun to see. And even nowadays, like, I mean, that was gosh, five, six years ago, we have people coming up to us saying, you remember those shootouts that you guys did? That changed my perspective of, you know, this person, or that changed my um, journey. And I started doing that. Like, thank you so much. Or now me and this person, we're partnering up and we started something. So that was huge for us. And I'm so glad we did it. And so um, every time I tell people, I'm like, collaborate with people, make something, invite the community, see what happens, like make an experiment. Don't make it this like big stressful thing. Just like make an experiment, be curious, see what happens. I love it. I actually haven't done a shootout yet. And it I, when I had that photographer come join me at the studio, we're like, oh, we're going to grab a maternity model and let's yes. go play. Let's invite like six other photographers and just go have a play day. Yes. And I love it. I love it because it's so true. Like, I, like it is so true that you can have the same camera, you can have the same settings, but you're not ever going to take the same photo. You're not going to edit mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. It's going to look completely different. And I think that we often forget we are the magic. Yes. We are the secret yes. ingredient. How you see the world is a secret ingredient. So mm-hmm. yep. uh, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because okay. I know that you actually, I want to touch a little bit deeper because I really do know that you solidly embody this. So can you tell us a little bit about, you've got a studio, but it happens to be a co-sharing kind of collaborative studio. Tell us a bit how you started that and why and how, how, how you run it? Yeah. So I used to travel and then I worked out of my home and then I now have the studio. So for all of you, those who are like, well, I still travel. I get it. Like I've done it. So if this is something that I talk about and you want to do, you can, you can do it. I always wanted a space, a community space. So I knew that when I was um, going to transition from my home to a community space, that it was always not going to be just for me. So I think just having that intention and setting that intention, first of all, telling everyone about it, it kind of just set the stage and the tone, which was a lot more helpful than it was more ease um, moving into the studio. So I first moved in and I kind of set up my space first and just kind of making sure my ducks in a row for my studio. And then I allowed uh, a couple of the photographers who are interested, knowing that 
that was my intention on sharing the space and um, I had them come in. And so I run it where they can use monthly hours. And it's kind of like how old phones used to be or cell phones. We had like a certain amount of text to talk, right? Um, so we have a certain amount of hours that we use in the space. Um, everyone gets their own hours, a shared calendar, and they also get some space to store their equipment and their props and things like that. We've had anywhere from boudoir photographers to other newborn photographers to just family photographers, lifestyle family, to branding and product-based photographers. So we have a gambit of women. It's mostly women really (laughs) who have come. And so we have that in our shared space. And then um, we also have those who just need it for a one-off. Maybe they have some mini sessions coming up um, on the weekend or they're doing some of those branding photos. They can just rent it um, hourly for that. It's been a huge lesson for me. Um, It's taught me so much and it's really taught the community so much that we can work together and really we have to communicate. And so (laughs) I know it's one of those things that reminds me of um, people like, oh, that's so great. I want to have a shared studio. And I always say, well, have you ever shared an apartment with somebody? Or have you ever shared a bedroom with a sibling? And, And either they say yes or no. And I'm like, just make sure you're okay with that. Because if you're not okay with that, that's okay. It's not for everyone. And that really is okay. But if you have, then just know that things are going to happen and communication has to be had. And you kind of don't make mountains out of molehills, you know? So that's kind of how I run it. I've been doing it for three years. It's the space we call it in the West side of town um, to go to and What's cool is we've added different aspects of education. So we've had um, anywhere from business education workshops where you can come in. Um, You can learn some cool stuff about running your business and how to better your business to fun things like making macrame or flower arranging, you know, for the other creative side of our brains and, and, you know, not just photography. And then we also had some, of course, we have to add the woo-woo because I'm super Mm -hmm. woo-woo. We had, (laughs) um, you know, acupuncture and mindset and, um, meditation and crystals and all of the things. Um, So it really caters to that creative and someone who just kind of wants to live a little deeper and a little um, more conscious. I love that. Love it. Love it. Now, I love that you touched on mindfulness and a little bit of the woo-woo because that is so me too. And I, <laughs> I've been really trying to be more mindful in my business, in my conversations, being present, and in my life because we spend so much of our life on autopilot. So what tips do you have for maybe bringing mindfulness to our businesses? Yeah, so it doesn't have to be this like, big extravagant thing where we're, you know, really out there. I mean, if you, if that's your jam, like totally go for it. But for me, I just do really small things. I make sure that I have like a morning type of meditation, whether it's sitting and closing my eyes and going through a guided meditation, or honestly, if it's just sitting and not turning the TV on and it's quiet and looking outside of the window. So I have my morning routine, which really sets the intention for the day. So I think about my day. And again, it's not structured. It's not anything crazy. I just really think about my day and kind of how I want to be that day and how I want to show up and how I can impact or who I can impact 
and also what I need because I am such a giver. I will always try to, you know, give more of my myself than, than I can in my bandwidth. Um, so I just kind of set the intentions in the day. I have a deck too to get, you know, even more fun and woo-woo. I have a deck and sometimes I pull a card and it just it's like a little affirmation for the day and just something to like keep in mind. And I'll put on my desk just to remind me a lot of times it's useful when those emails come in for clients that I look and it says, have a positive heart and mind and things like, like Malia, you know, relax and <laughs> have that in the back of your head. So I think how I, how I add mindfulness in my, in my business is to set my intentions every morning and then just to trust my gut. So whether it's, um, with my clients or partnering or timing of things. I call my gut, my intuition. You may call it your gut or the universe or God or whatever you guys call it. But, uh, just to follow that it's never steered me wrong. And if it has steered, if I think, Oh, it steered me wrong. It really hasn't. It's probably, I second guessed something or I doubted it. And then that got in the way. So those are two things I practice every single day. It's made a huge, huge difference in my business, along with um, making sure I'm surrounding myself with people who are just, they don't have to be exactly like me, but they also practice mindfulness and abundance mindset and things like that. That is so, so big. It reminds me of junior high, right? And it's like, you have little cliques and stuff. And I really wanted to be in the popular clique, but like, were they really good for me? Probably not. And so it was a struggle and it was, you know, full of kind of nastiness, you know, those, that mean girl, you know, stigma. And so, um, you know, I had to really self-evaluate and see what kind of group and people I wanted to hang out with. And it was like, once I switched that, things started being, you know, easier and, you know, kindness takes you far. And so same thing with my business. I make sure I partner with like-minded people. Hence why I'm talking to you today. <laughs> but um, yeah, those are definitely some things that I put in my business every day for mindfulness. I love it. Have you heard that quote where we are the sum of the five people that we hang out the most with? Yes. The most with? Yes. Yes. I say that to my kids all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remind them of that all the time. I do too. Like mm -hmm. that's like one parenting hot button because mm -hmm. yeah, it's, I wish I learned that lesson young. <laughs> it's right. It's, but it's so true. I mean, we, you know, like energetically, like we pick up on people and yeah, we are who we hang out with. So yeah. it really is true. All right. So I want to switch into the illusion of balance and I want to hear your thoughts on balance and maybe what you've discovered about it. Oh my gosh. Balance <laughs> is probably one of those things that I like I'll roll my eye to one day and then I'm like, yes, today is amazing. Um, so for me, like illusion of balance is probably the term. Like I really believe that it's illusion um, because it looks different every day. Today I may be really great at photography and tomorrow I might stink and <laughs> forget everything and forget dinner and to go to the grocery store or to forget to pick up my kid or what, I mean, you know, come on, let's just keep it where we have all done those things. Um, and so I think for balance, the illusion of balance is that we have to, again, kind of meet, meet ourselves where we're at and what we're expecting of ourselves and realize that it's ebb and flow and that today's going to look different than tomorrow. And so I think it goes back to like kind of having that morning intention for me and like seeing what it's like. And so it's like, what are my priorities today? You know, if my priorities are like, 
editing and making an email sequence or whatever it is and dinner and eh, it can go to the wayside. Like I can, you know, go to my collaboration for that, which is my husband. And that's how balance looks for me today. You know, and if balance tomorrow looks like I just wake up and I nurture myself with like the best cup of coffee and a donut, that's what it's going to be that day. Redefining balance on a daily basis. Yes. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And being okay with it and giving grace to it. And somebody mm-hmm. else's balance isn't going to look the same. I have a friend who she's amazing at systems. She has a million systems. And every day she's like, you should try this system. And if you have this system and I'm like, I love you so much, but I can't do that. Like that doesn't feel good to me. Like I, my systems look different than your systems and the balance for me, I would freak out if I had to do that, but it looks good on her and she does it. And so like when her systems are out of whack, like her balance are, her balances are out of whack. And so I think, you know, again, it, it's just, it's different for everybody and just to know where yours is at and be okay with it, you know? Yep. Love it. Now, I know that you're going to be coming and joining us as an instructor for the Art and Soul Academy. So excited. Leah is going to be teaching on the conscious creative, which is like a really yummy, dishy topic that I cannot wait for you guys to dive into. So before we end, I just have one more question for you. Um, And it's actually about burnout. Burnout's real. And there's these things floating around the internet that, oh, burnout's a myth. You know, I've I've seen people working 60, 70 hours and they're lit up and um, burnout is real. I've been there. (laughs) So what I would love is if you can share some of the sneaky signs that maybe we don't realize that are big indicators that we're burning out and we want to prevent having a crash. So what are some tips maybe realizing it before you get there? Absolutely. The first one that always comes to mind is comparison. As soon as you start comparing, you start going down that rabbit hole. So I think catching yourself before you go, we're going to compare. It's our human nature, right? We're just going to do it. So realize you're doing it, acknowledge that you're doing it, and then ask why. I think we forget to ask why and where it comes from and the cause of it. And another one is just having realistic expectations of ourselves. So thinking we should be farther along than we're not. I totally relate to this in 2019. So <laughs> that was a struggle. And I, and it was like, oh, well, if I just go faster, I'll get there. But that wasn't the case. I had to take a step back and realize. Um, so just having, you know, if you start like having those unrealistic expectations, and then again, going back to that scarcity mindset, Um, of not enough or having enough. I think that's definitely kind of an indicator that something's coming up for you and that you're going to need to, you know, kind of look at that. And my big thing about burnout before it happens is switch it up, take action, whatever it is, we are all in, you know, we, we can get in these ruts and we can think like, we're so scared to switch it up or take an action. But honestly, that's usually the thing that you need. So whether it's switching, um, you know, some of the people that you hang out with or some of the Facebook groups that you're on, you know, clicking that unfollow, that's okay. There was an email that came into me a year or so ago, and it was a guy talking about burnout and it was, 
he was having so much information come to him. Um, so he decided on Thursdays, it was his no Thursdays. And so when he got emails, he unsubscribed to five or 10 emails on Thursdays. So he said no to five things that came to him on Thursdays. And I was like, I love that. So I actually started doing that. And so I did it with my emails first and I just unsubscribed to some of those, of course, keeping, you know, some of the good store ones that I love, but then I tried it on social media and it was really great. And it was really like freeing because I gave myself permission to do it instead of waiting for somebody else to give me permission to do it. So those would definitely be some of like the indicators. If those are happening to you, the best way to take action is to switch things up. And if you don't know what to switch up, reach out to your collaborator, reach out to somebody that holds you accountable and be like, man, I'm just, I'm having this struggle or I'm seeing this and things aren't moving or whatever. And trust me, if they're like true per- a person, they'll know what you should do and tell you. And sometimes we don't, you know, it's usually the thing we don't want to do is the thing we should do. <laughs> So true. (laughs) So true. Oh, well, Malia, thank you so much for sharing yourself and your time with us today. It has just been a delight chatting with you. And I know that our listeners just have so many little nuggets of wisdom from you today. Oh, good. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was, it was a lot of fun collaborating with you. I love collaborating with you. (laughs) And I cannot wait for you guys to see what Malia brings for the Art and Soul Academy. We are so excited and we hope to see you there. I loved this conversation with Malia. One big takeaway was about setting our intentions. Now, setting your intentions will provide a roadmap and reminder for how to live out each day. Intentions can give you purpose as well as the inspiration and motivation to achieve your dreams. Now, an intention shouldn't be confused with a goal, though. It's not something you attach an expectation or a deadline to. It's just something you want to align with your life. It's an attitude or a purpose that aligns with your values. So today, friends, grab that notebook and get curious with yourself. How can you be a bit more mindful and intentional with your life and business? Now, if you're stuck on setting your intentions, here are a few questions to help you get started. What matters most to you? What would you like to build, create, or nurture in your life? And what would you like to let go of? Hope this helps you with your intention planning. I'm sending you so much love and light today and every day, and I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening today. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And I would love if you would leave a review. It truly helps other photographers discover this podcast.